So welcome to our online family. It's great to have you with us here today. We pray this message would be helpful for you. Uh, this is part two. You can watch last week. It is online. You can check it out if you missed it. But we hope part two will be even better than part one. Amen, church? Let's put our hands together. Welcome our online family. So... Kicking the counterfeit last week, uh, I'll recap. If you were here this, if you were here last week, this will make sense. Uh, if you weren't here last week, it'll make no sense at all. But the good news is, Mason sent me an advertisement cutout from the from the paper. Sea monkeys are still available. You can buy sea monkeys from the warehouse. I'm told they're only twelve dollars, uh, and I'm really tempted to have another go at it. But um, if you don't get that, you need to just check the message, the message online. So kicking the counterfeit, what, what, what we talked about last week. We, we talked about this whole idea about how can you be sure you've got the genuine article? How, how do you know you've got a genuine article? You haven't got a ripoff. You haven't got a copy. Uh, how do you know you have the good news when it comes to God? How do you know you've got the good news and you haven't got fake news? And we started to look in Genesis, the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember when we, we talked about Adam and Eve in the garden, everyone instantly gets that picture. You know, Eve's there with the apple and the, you know, the long hair covering everything. And, and she's biting, biting the apple. And of course, when we think of the Garden of Eden, immediately we come, we're like, yep, that's where Adam and Eve chose to sin. They turned their back on God and, you know, and then it went downhill from there. And of course, we, we opened up the scripture and we looked at it. And, and while, yes, they sinned, that wasn't the initial choice they were faced with. The initial choice they were faced with was, as you remember, there's two trees in the garden. There's the, uh, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And so they were presented with this tree, you know, with these two trees. Which one would they eat from? Would they eat from the tree of life, which God's like, pig out on it, have a ball on it? Or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God had said to them, you eat of that, you'll surely die. We know how the story goes. Serpent comes in, tempts Eve. Eve leads Adam astray. No, no, they, they were both in. They were both in it. And so they eat of this tree, and this it just goes downhill from there. And so what we looked at was there are two approaches. These represent two approaches to God. Like how would they approach God? Would they approach him through this tree of knowledge of good and evil, which the, the enemy wanted the two? Or would they approach God through this tree of life? And the reality is, that's the same decision we're faced with today. How will we approach God? Will we approach God through this tree of life? Or will we approach God through this tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And it's, it's, it's the lie that the enemy sold them in the garden. It's the counterfeit. It's the copy. It's the ripoff that the enemy sold them in the garden. And it's the same lie the enemy is selling people today. And the reason he's selling it today is because it's worked generation after generation after generation. We keep buying into this lie of about living out of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you remember last week, we laid all that foundation. We looked at, we looked at the miracle Jesus did, that first miracle where he transferred, he, he turned water into wine. And uh, we, we looked at that through those two approaches to God, through the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you remember, when we, when we looked at that scripture through that knowledge of tree of, of the good and evil, the tree of knowledge, it, it was all about 
what was right, what was wrong, like how much wine was there. There's, there's commentators that'll tell you it wasn't real wine, it was grape juice, and it wasn't that much. And when we looked at it, it was like 900 bottles of wine he kicked into this, this party. And, and when you look at it through the knowledge of good and evil, it's all about what's right, what's wrong. Should Jesus even have been at that party? Like seriously, should he be hanging out with people that are drunk? Never mind all the other people he hung out with. And, and the tree of knowledge is all about what's good, what's not, and it's just crushing. That's all you see. And then when we looked at that scripture through that tree of knowledge, uh, sorry, through the tree of life, what we discovered was a whole different picture. When we were looking through the tree of life, what we discovered was Jesus, who was the representation of the Father, was just, it was his generosity. It was his excessiveness. It was crea- he, was ju- he was just beyond measure. It was like 30 grand's worth of wine went into this party. And what we realized was this is a picture of God. This is a picture of this God that knows no bounds, that is extravagant, that will bless beyond measure. And it was also a foretaste, a picture of this ultimate wedding feast that's going to come where Jesus is coming back for his bride, where we will be taken up. We'll be in that party. We'll be included. There will be joy and laughter and they will drink wine there. And so we, we looked at these two different approaches. Because one is about rules and weight and all this, and then the other is about life. And where we left it off, really, last week was, so how do you know? Like, how do you know which tree you're in? How do you know if you're in the tree of knowledge, or how do you know if you're in the tree, tree of life? Because they look so similar. And worst case scenario, not, not this service, but the other service, they had lots of problems with us earlier this morning. They realized, oh, Peter, come on. Come on, be honest, Pete. They, they had all this problem because what they realized was, man, we're in the tree of knowledge more than we're in the tree of life. So that's what they discovered. I'm sure you won't discover that. But so, so this morning, I want to talk about these, these two trees. We could, we could bring these up. Big ups to Kyle. He's done some artwork for me. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? You can put your hands together. Give it up for Kyle. Yeah, yeah. So these two trees, this is what it looks like. This tree, the tree of life, when you're, you're sitting under this tree, when this is the tree you eat from, the tree you live out of, this, just, this is just like it casts a shade of freedom. Friends, there is, there is no bondage. There is no weight. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is a tree of abundance. This is a tree of joy. This is a tree of freedom. This isn't about religion. This is about freedom. This isn't about rules. This is about relationship. This is the tree of life. This is the tree, God says, this is the tree I want you to eat from. This is the tree I want you to live in. This tree, we call it death. It's the tree of knowledge, but we call it death because God says, if you eat from this, you will be this. You will surely die. So it's a tree of life and a tree of death. And we were sitting under this tree, when this is the tree we live in and sit under, when this is the tree that we eat out of, it's a tree that casts a shadow of death, friends. It's bondage. It's hard work. It's performance. I need to do. I need to achieve. I need to get better at this. This is all about rules. This is all about performance. This is all about you need to do better. You need to do this. You need to do that. It is a crushing force. It's this tree of knowledge where you know, you decide what's right, what's wrong. You've got all this knowledge and this knowledge weighs you down. 
Because all of a sudden, every situation, oh, is this good? Is this bad? You're living in this tree and the weight of all this knowledge crushes you. It literally sucks the life out of you. It leads to death. And so we've got these two trees. They represent two approaches to God. And the enemy today is still pitching you this tree. He's still wanting people to eat in, live in, sit under this tree. See, in the garden, what we did, or what Adam and Eve did, see, see this tree here, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. It's not your fault because Adam and Eve ate of it, but they are, now it's become our problem. You see, this is, this, this, this is life. This is what we should be living from. And, and the enemy wants you to get caught in that, in that tree. If we look at it, it kind of makes sense. Like, like if you think about it, if you ask the average person on the street, you know, why did Jesus come? You know, what, what, what's, what's the whole point of Jesus? Why, why did Jesus come? You'd get something along the lines, oh, Jesus came to deal with sin. He came to deal with this issue of sin. Jesus is about taking us from, from being sinful to sinless. And, and if you look at this tree, this tree of knowledge, it kind of makes sense. Because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what it's about. We're, we're to move from evil, well, not evil, because none of us are evil, let's face it, but like slightly naughty, you know? We're to move from slightly naughty to being very good. We're, we're to move from sinful to sinless. This is, this is why Jesus came. And you look at this tree and you go, yeah, makes sense. Like you, you think about it in a church. When you go to church, what do they do? Oh, sign up for this program, you know. And what are these programs? These programs are designed to move us from slightly naughty, a little naughty, to being really good. And, and, and we call it discipleship. It's discipleship. It's, it's to move you from where you were, evil, naughty, bad, to good. And, and so we look at that and go, yeah, it makes sense. That's, that's, how, that's how the whole process works. The only problem with that is this branch of evil and this branch of good, they're rooted into the same tree. They're rooted into the same thing that brings death. So how can this be good if it brings death? How can this be good if God says, don't eat of this because it'll kill you. It'll crush you. And it looks like it makes sense. And so we live in this tree, oblivious to the fact that there's another tree we can be living in. Like, like what does this look like? I, I'll show you what it looks like. It looks like this. It looks like the preacher's up here. He's preaching away. Great sermon. Everyone's going, yeah, because he's preaching about the word. He's preaching about how you need to be in your Bible, friend. This will give you life. This will set you free. You need to be reading your Bible and the, the sermon's awesome and the crowd's going wild, you know. And at the end of the, end of the sermon, you're sitting there and Sally's sitting next to you and you go, ah, oh, it's a good sermon on the Word, you know. Yeah. How often do you read your Bible? And Sally's like, oh, I love the Word. I just love the Word. And she's like, you know, I, I get up in the morning, I probably two or three chapters in the morning, and then, then at night before I go to bed, you know, there's a couple of chapters at night. I just love the Word. And you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, man, holy. Sally's one of those, you know, those super Christians. And you're sitting there, and you're like, far out, man. Man, I don't, I, man it's probably a week since I've read the Bible, you know? It's like, like before I even opened it. And what happens is you start to feel guilty because you're in this tree. 
you, you start to feel guilty about, man, I need to read my word more. I need, man, I need to, so, so, so you're, you want to be good. You want to move because everyone's telling you, this, this is where it is. Move from here to here. So you're like, I'm going to be disciplined. So you set your, your reminder on your phone and you get up in the morning and you're like, okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the word. So you sit there in the morning and you, you have 30 minutes and it's like, Okay, it's 20 minutes, got 10 more. And so you got 10 minutes in the morning, and it's like, man, it's only that's five minutes. That took a long time. And you got another five minutes. And so you do your 30 minutes, and then you're right, man, the kids are in the shower. Get out of the shower. I'm trying to get to work. And that's great. Except how many know? Five days in, you know, the cat dies, the car breaks, something happens, and you miss that morning. And then you miss two mornings, and then you're like, oh, no, I'm not getting up in the morning. Oh, no, because you're in this tree. i got to be good. i got to be good. i got to be good. But how many know God is amazing? Because He created an app, and it's called Read the Bible in One Year. And you think, it's a saving grace. I just have to follow the email. I get an email every morning. I just, it's easy. I just look at the email, right? I'm in, I'm in the Old Testament. I'm in the New Testament, right? I've done my thing. Check, check. Put, don't forget to check your boxes. And you're great. You're back on track. And you're feeling good about yourself because now you've gone from here. And I'm, I'm doing it. I'm checking the boxes. I'm feeling good. But how many know? Give it a couple of weeks. And then you miss a day or two. And how many know when you're doing Bible in a year, you miss a couple of days? And mate, that's a whopping chain of scripture. You've got to catch up. It's like the pastor's preaching, you know, and you've all got your Bibles as you have, you know, and you're getting them out. And the preacher goes, okay, turn to 2 Samuel. And you got the guy sitting next to you. He's the, he's the word man. And he's like, he's there. He's there. And you got your Bible. And you're like, 2 Samuel. Holy. I knew there were two Peters. Oh, my goodness. I never knew there were two Samuels. Where, where, where is Samuel? Actually, this opened at Samuel. How good is that? Uh, and, and, so, and so you're in there. And, and the whole time, the preacher, you know, he's prepared for hours. He's preaching the word. And you're not hearing nothing because you're like, where is Samuel? I'm sure Samuel's here because you're in this tree. You're in this tree. So what happens is, you now start feeling a little pressure. You feel, you're like, man, I'm not going to look an idiot in church. I won't bring my Bible anymore. I'll just, I'll just bring an app. That's why you've all got phones. You just got apps now. You know, you, know, you need to get back to the Word. But that is what this looks like. It's the tree of knowledge. It's all about good. It's all about performance. It's all about me having to get better to connect with God or look right. To fit in, to meet the, the mold, the expectation. See, that tree is way different. That tree, the tree of life looks like this. You're at work, man, it's busy, flat out. You don't even read the Bible in the morning because you just, you just got to get out of the house. You got a million things to do. But you're between, you're between meetings. You got like maybe a minute. And you're like, you're just sitting there, you're like, man, I love God. I just love him. He's so good. And you're like, man, I got 30 seconds. Man, I'm just going to open the word. I just going to read a scripture. Far out. That's amazing. Man, God, I love you. You're so awesome. And you just go to work, carry on working. See, that's life, friend. 
You're not feeling guilty. You're not feeling that you didn't read 15 chapters and tick six boxes. This is about relationship with God. This is about freedom and grace. It's about spending time. It's quality time. See, in this tree, all you're doing is watching the clock. All you're, all you're trying to do is go, is my 30 minutes up? There's, there's nothing to do with relationship. You're just trying and trying and trying. Many of us, if we're honest, are in this tree. May not be reading the Bible, could be any area of your life, but so often we're in performance mode. We're about ticking all the boxes. We're doing all the things because subconsciously, oh, we want God to be pleased with us. Or, or subconsciously, we're trying to fit into the mold of Christianity, what it should be. Many of our young people and not so young people, this is the experience of church. This is the experience of God. I come in and I go into this program of being made less bad to good. And I go through this process and I try and I try and I try and I try and read more and I try and pray more. And eventually I get burnt out. I'm just trying and trying and trying. So I stop coming. Or even worse, I go, man, this is God. If this is God, I don't, I don't want this God. This sucks. And we turn away from God. That ain't God. It's a fake. It's a counterfeit. It's a lie. That's God. You figure God's all about the rules. You keep mucking up. And, and what happens is, you know, it seems everybody else is ticking all the boxes. It seems like everybody else is reading their Bible, but you're struggling with it. And so you decide God's disappointed in you. You're like, man, he must be disappointed in me. And so you just begin to draw away from God because you figure you've let him down. You've, you've upset him. And, and so you, you just start to draw away from him. Miriam and I, when, um, when we were dating, now it's like many years ago, when we were dating, Miriam, uh, Miriam was living in Levin. Uh, she, was, she was in a rental house. Uh, Peter and Mary Carrington, actually, it was their house that, that she was renting. Sorry, guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, you'll hear, you'll know why. I don't mean because Miriam was renting it. I mean, it's like, so anyway, uh, so we're dating. You know how it is when you're in love, everything's cool and all the rest of it. Miriam had gone away to stay with her mum in Nelson for, uh, for a week or however long. She'll correct me. Uh, so so she'd, she'd gone away down there. And now I knew Miriam had been having problems with her washing machine. Like when she was washing, it wasn't spinning out. It wasn't draining out properly. So anyway, because I'm thinking, you know, I'm not bad with a screwdriver and, you know, can of CRC, you know, how hard can it be? <laughs> so I, I rig her up and I'm like, honey, 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 I'll, um, while you're away, I'll fix, the, I'll fix your washing machine for you. Now, Miriam, she's wise. She's so wise. So she says to me, okay, that's fine. But when you put it back on, when you put a load on, you stay there and watch it and make sure it's all Okay. I'm like, honey, come on. It's like, I'm honey, it'll be fine. It's no problem. So anyway, I, uh, at one lunchtime, I went around to her house and because and, I'd looked on YouTube, you know, I, like I'd figured it was just one of those socks had gone over the side, you know, it sucked in the, in the pump or something like that. I was like, how hard can it be? You know, so I take the cover off the washing machine and I look around, there's no sock there. There's nothing, there's no, nothing obvious. So I'd like heard about solenoids sticking or something. So anyway, I get the CRC out. I just spray it all around, give it a couple of taps, 
put the, put the cover back on and think, oh, let's see how it goes. So I put a load of washing in, turn it on, and I'm like, okay, I'll go back to work. I'll come back after work and, and just you know, look at my amazing repair job. And so anyway, it's probably about 4.30, quarter to five. I, I drive up to Miriam's house, and I look down the path towards the house, and I'm like, man, that path's quite wet. I didn't, I didn't think it had been raining today. And as I got closer to the house, there were rivers, rivers of living water <laughs> flowing out from under her front door. This is Peter and Mary Carrington's house. It was flowing out. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. So I go up and I open the front door. And I kid you not, man, I look into this house. And, and it's, 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 it's a river. There's just water flowing through the hall. I, I walk into the hall, you know, and I look. The kitchen's flooded. The bedrooms are flooded. I, I go up and I'm looking in the lounge. The water is lapping up against the couch, you know. I'm like, oh, this is shocking. So, so I'm like, so you, so you go into a repair mode, you know. So you're like, man, I've got to stop this washing machine. It's just pumping all this water out. So I go into the wash house and I'm standing there, you know, in water. My hands are wet. And I'm like, I'll just unplug it. And so I, I grab, <laughs> I grab the plug. And just as I'm touching the plug, there's this thought goes through my head. Is this the wisest thing to be doing? <laughs> and I grab that plug and it's like, <laughs> no, I didn't get electrocuted. But if you're ever in that position, don't grab the plug. But I say that because then I'm faced with this issue. How many know? I've got to ring Miriam. I've got to ring Miriam and tell her about her house. Well, Peter and Mary's house. So I, I ring Miriam and I'm like, honey, hey, how are you? You having a good time? I'm like, look, there's good news and not so good news. The not so good news is I couldn't fix your washing machine. The good news is the house is clean. <laughs> No, I had to tell her that the house was absolutely trash. It was full of water. And to my surprise, Miriam was really practical about it. She was like, honey, that's okay. She's like, we just, we need to let Peter and Mary Carrington know. We need to ring the insurance company. Like, I literally thought she was gonna, like, go off, be furious at me. But she, she understood. She, it was just like one of those things. That's God. Friends, that's what God looks like. When we muck up, when we can't tick all the boxes, He's not going to yell at us. He's not going to get upset with us because He's about relationship. He's like, man, these things happen. You, you can go through. I mean, she married me in the end. I mean, how good is that? You know what I mean? Like I majorly stuffed up and she still married me. Friend, it doesn't matter how bad you've stuffed up or, or how much of this stuff you're trying to do. God don't care about that. He cares about this. He cares about relationship. He wants to be in relationship with you. It ain't about rules. It ain't about performance. It's about relationship. It's about life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Luke 4, 18 says this. It says, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Jesus came to free us from this and free us into this. 
Friend, I want to tell you, you can be saved. You can have prayed a prayer to Jesus and you can still be living your life in this tree. This isn't about salvation. This is about freedom. Jesus came to set us free from this tree and bring us into this tree, this tree of life. So the million dollar question is if you're like the other service, which I know you're not, but if you see elements of you in this tree, like if you look at your life and go, man, I spend a bit of time in this tree, all about the rules, all about performance, all about doing good. And as I've been preparing this message, man, I've discovered I spend a lot of time in this tree. God's just been nailing me on this. It is so easy. It's almost like there's a vine. It's almost like we're, we're Tarzan and Jane, man, and we just swing. We just swing into these, into these trees. But the million dollar question is, man, if this is me, if I am in this, how do I get to this? How, how can I make sure I'm in this and not living in this? Aren't you pleased you came today? Because I'll tell you. I'll tell you how to do this. So I'm going to give you three principles, okay, of how you can make sure you're living in the tree of life. Now, just stop. I have purposefully said these are three principles. I deliberately did not say these are three steps because as soon as I say, I'll give you three things to get to this, you go straight to this tree. You put my knowledge hat on and you go, great, I'll write down these. If I just do these, I'll get to that. Friend, wrong tree. It's not this tree. This is what I'm, I'm trying to get you out of this tree and I'm trying to get you into this tree. This isn't about you writing three things down, going home and doing a plan to do them because that's the wrong tree. You can't get yourself out of that tree. The only person that can get you out of that tree and into that tree is Jesus. And He's the one that will do it if you allow Him to, if you surrender to Him. All right, so you get it with me. So these are principles. These are things to guide you as you're going through life. Think about these three principles. Think about, hmm, is that active in my life at the moment? All right, you ready? Three of them. Could have given you lots, but I'll keep it to three. Number one, fall in love with Jesus. Just fall in love with Jesus. That's all it's about. It's about relationship. Jesus came to restore us back to the Father. Jesus is all about relationship. If you have trouble falling in love with Jesus, don't keep trying harder. Just surrender. To God, surrender the Holy Spirit and go, God, can you help me? God, I just want to love Jesus. I just want to love you. See, you start trying to make it happen. Oh, I'll read more books about blah, 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 blah. You're in this tree. It's all about you. It's all about you doing it and your energy, your effort. Oh, I'll make this work. I'll find Jesus in this book. You know, it's the classic. You know, you'll look at all the stuff online. Oh, that's the book for me. I'll get that book. It'll be, it'll be an answer. You're in this tree. Forget the book. Just go to the source. God, help me. I prayed at the beginning of this, God, we need you because that's what we do. We don't need more books and more self-help. We need God and we need to surrender to Him and allow Him to change us and transform us. Number one, fall in love with Jesus. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, number two, relationships 
not rules. Okay? Relationships, not rules. It's not about all this, oh, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. It's about relationship. See, if you, if you don't have relationship and you, and you come to this point where people are telling you all about this stuff, that's just rules, friends. Rules without relationships lead to rebellion. And that's what's happened to so many people, so many young people. They've got into this process without even knowing Him, and it's just led to rebellion. So relationships, not rules. John 14, 15, this scripture shows you the two, two trees in one scripture. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Can we bring that? Yeah. If you love me, comma, keep my commandments. Now, if you're a person that lives in the tree of knowledge, this is how you would read that. If you love me, then keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If, if you loved me, you would keep my commandments. Like, like if you loved me, you would do what I told you to do. That's tree of knowledge stuff. And we think we've got to perform and do and do so that, so that we can love God and He'll love us. But tree of life living, that scripture reads way different. Tree of life living, that reads, if you love me, you'll do my commandments. You'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you don't even have to worry about that because they'll just take place. Actually, if you just focus on me, if you would just focus on loving me and getting to know me, all those commandments, mate, they'll just flow out of you. They'll just flow out of you. It's about relationship. It's about loving God. If you would love God, love Jesus, all that stuff starts coming into place. I remember as a, as a new Christian, my mouth, whoo, Lord, it was bad. It was bad. Every second word was, you know, it was. It was just every second word was out there. And of course, I come to church and, you know, and, and nothing against church. This is more about where I'm at than church. Okay, so hear me here. So I come along and, and I've found God and I'm in this tree, man. And I'm like, man, my mouth is shocking. I'm a Christian now. I need to get it better. I need to improve my language. So I'm working on it, you know. And, and I'm like, okay, I've got to stop swearing every conversation. I'm not even really listening to conversations now. I'm just so conscious about what's going to come out of my mouth. I don't even understand what people are saying to me. I just don't want to swear. And I did this, I don't know, probably, honestly, probably six months. And mate, my mouth was shocking. And it come out at the worst possible times you can imagine. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what, God, because I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to please Him. I'm trying to do good. And I just got worn out. I just got absolutely worn out. And I was like, you know what, God, I'm done. I can't do this. <laughs> if you want me to stop swearing, you sort it out. And so I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> I don't know, three, maybe six months later, I'm just having a conversation with some people and it, and it just dropped into my head. I'm like, I'm not swearing anymore. Like, when did I stop swearing? I didn't even know when I stopped swearing. You see, if you give it to God, if you would live in this tree and trust Him, trust Him with it all, surrender Him, trust Him with your whole life, He'll set you free from that. 
But we spend so much time here trying to improve ourselves, trying to please God. And He's like, guys, it leads to death. It leads to bondage. It leads to this crushing pressure of performance. And Jesus came to set us free from that to live in this. Number three, respond to all sin with life. Respond to all, this is another guiding principle. What do I mean by that? Respond to all sin with life. When you sin, and we all do, not this service, the other one and the one later, but, but we all muck up. You know, there's times where we seriously muck up. You know, we flood the house, it goes bad. But when you're living in this tree, this tree of knowledge of good and evil, what happens is when you sin, when you muck up, you're in this, you're in this crushing condemnation. It's like, man, I stuffed up. I'm useless. I'm hopeless. Man, I'll never get this right. Man, I just might as well give up. I can't please this God. I can't keep all this. And you're just crushed. You feel terrible. You feel disgusting. That's tree of knowledge. Sin, you need to deal with with the tree of life. Because the tree of life's way different, friend. When you muck up under this tree, God looks at you and goes, hey, come on, there's a better way. Come on, there's a different way. And He leads you. Now, He'll convict you, but He won't condemn you. And you won't be stuck in that condemnation of I'm useless, I'm this, I'm that. You got areas in your life where you're struggling with sin? You would be well advised to spend more time on just building a relationship with God than so much time in your little place of trying to get better, trying to improve, trying to improve. This, friend, leads to death. I'm not, I'm, I'm not against you putting things in place, but if this is your motive, it's you won't, you can't. That's the whole point of the New Testament. You can't keep all the rules. You need Him. You need Him to take you to this place so that stuff's no longer a problem. But you can't do it. You need Him. So when you sin, when you muck up, just allow Him to lead you out of that. And what do you do? You go, oh God, I'm sorry. I stuffed up again. Please help me. I can't do this, God. I want, it's, it's about motive. You, if you want to stay in that tree, He'll leave you in there. He's not going to force you out of the tree. If you want to stay in that stuff, He, he ain't going to force you. But if you don't want to live in that tree anymore, if you don't want to be under all that bondage, if you want true freedom, if you want what God has, then just acknowledge that, God, I want it. And I need you to bring me into it. That's all you've got to do. It's called surrendering. It's just, God, I can't do this stuff anymore. I want this. And allow Him. Is that okay? All right, we're done, just about. John 14, 6. Says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, uh, comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the, is the doorway, is the pathway to this life. John 10, 10, Jesus again, He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Friend, like I said, you can be saved and live your life in that tree. God wants to set you free this morning. As I said at the beginning of this series, this is a foundational teaching. This is a basic teaching. But if you don't get this right, everything else will crumble. Everything else will fail because you've got to understand God wants to live a, let us live in this tree of life. Can we stand? You know, if we're honest, many of us, we're, we're in this tree. We're in this tree of knowledge. 
areas of our life where we're trying, we're performing, we're doing all that. Maybe you're here today and that's you. You've been, you've been doing this performance thing. You've been trying and trying and trying. And seriously, you're just about worn out. You're like, man, if this is God, far out. I, I don't know if I want it. This is hard work. Friend, I want to tell you this morning, this is not God. This is a counterfeit. This is a lie from the enemy. This is God. This is freedom. This is life. And all you need to do is acknowledge that this God exists and this God is a counterfeit. Because many of you, you've been resisting this God, which ain't even God, it's a counterfeit. And the enemy's got you caught up in this. You're resisting this, which is a lie. And the whole time, because your eyes are on that, you're missing this God, this God of truth, this God of life. I want to close this morning. I just, seriously, I don't want to kick everybody out into the foot. Ah, service is done. I've asked the worship team to just, just play just as we close this morning because I want you to take a minute. Maybe just close your eyes where you are. And I want you to take a minute and I just want you to just spend some time. Just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? God, am I in this tree? Am I in this tree of knowledge? Maybe some of you, you, you know you are and you want to get in that tree of life. Then just as the worship team plays, just ask Him. Just ask Him, come, God, just, I surrender to you. Would you shift me into that tree?